So today I want to talk about um, something that has been in my spirit for quite some time. We, last week we talked a little bit about it. And I think that in every message that I teach and preach, you can find some of this uh, revelation or material in it because I feel like this is a time where we need to hear this message. And now I feel like this message is probably one of the most important messages that the church, the body of Christ, the body of believers and followers of God need to hear uh, because we're in a transition period, we're in a transition time. And for those who do not understand the shifting of, and what God is doing, it's possible for them to get left behind while God is still moving forward. And what I mean by that is, it's God is a God who, if you are not following him closely, he can make a turn and he can move in this direction and you can still be going in that direction. Is there anybody here with me? And that's why I titled this particular message, the following, because it's important that we understand that God is just not looking for a gathering of people. He's looking for people that will follow him. He's looking for the following, not just the gathering. And so what tradition and what religion has done for a long time, it has had us to, uh, well, we as, as the church, as it progressed, and I want to show you guys that today, how the church progressed to get to where it is today and where it came from. But as we progressed over time, we lost something in the way and we lost we lost the following. We, we, we are still believers. We still gather. But in the gathering, we somehow felt too comfortable or got too comfortable with gathering together that we lost our desire and God's intent for us to follow him. Amen. 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 Are y'all still with me? I want to help us to well to define and to reestablish what the church is supposed to be doing in this day and time. The first thing that we have to realize, well, let me ask you a few questions because I want to go ahead and get us started on the, on the direction of where we're going. Can someone tell me what the church is? Just anyone. I want to take a stab at it. All right. Come on, somebody else. Body. You said house? I said us. Us, amen. Okay, you said body. All right, so from the scripture, this is what the Bible says in Colossians 1 and 18. And he, Jesus Christ, is the head of the body, the church. So did, did, we, did we, he, we talk, Jesus Christ is the head of the body, the church. All right. So the church, if Christ is the head, we are the body. So that's right. So it's us. But here's the thing. We have. Oh, not we, but religion and tradition as the church has been progressing, turned from a people to a place. And it's very important to note that along the way, people started using language that associated the place as the people. We, we started saying things like, are you going to church? We started saying things like, man, we had church today. So now if we are the church, the people, the body, how can you have church? 
How can you go to something that you are? Oh, man, that, that is good. See, because now that if, if we understand that, then we can look at what's going on and say, hold on, that ain't church. That's just the, the gathering. That's just the, the house of God. I'm going to even show you we have time how we even got to the house of God, how, how all of this came into existence, what its original purpose was meant to be, and how far we have deviated from that. So we know what the church is, right? It is the body. Now, and here's another twist that, that I hope we'll be able to deal with today. The church is not just the body of believers. And I'm telling y'all, I'm giving this to you as God gave it to me. Because I never really, when I first got saved, I, because I wasn't indoctrinated with religion and tradition, when I came in, I started seeing conflicts with what people were saying and what was actually happening. I started seeing conflict with what people were telling me to do and what they were doing. I started seeing conflict with what they were preaching or enforcing on me. And I was looking like, hold on, you telling me to do something that y'all ain't doing. You calling this thing church something that it is not. And I begin to search the scriptures and I found out that that's a big gap and a big separation and a big difference from what was taught in the word for ministry to be and what was actually happening. And so in that, as I began to see what was the, 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 the differences in the model of what Jesus style ministry was and what the modern day church style ministry was, I said, we missed it somewhere. We're off track somewhere. And for two to three years, I stepped away from, from church, not God, not being a believer, but I stepped away from everything that was religious and tradition. And I stepped away for two or three years and I didn't even go to church. I didn't even preach. And I thought it was me stepping away, but it was God pulling me back. Because here's the problem. When you are immersed in something, you only can see as far as you're in it. But when you step away from it, you can say, oh, I was in that? I was doing that? And then you start to see that preachers who hoop, you never see nobody in the Bible who, who hooped and hollered and flipped over uh, and jumped on the chairs and, you, you know what I'm saying? Amen. But you can only see it when you're outside of it because once you're inside of it, there is this deceptive allure that the enemy will give you and say, well, you gotta act and put on like everybody else so they don't think that you are not saved. So you gotta be like everybody else. But it was only when I stepped away that I began to see that, hold on, when that man laid his hands on me and pushed me down, I don't see that in scripture. When the pastor said, everybody give a seed of $331, I don't see that in scripture. Is there anybody here with me? And so my eyes begin to come open and I started looking at pastors who were, and preachers and bishops who had built these mega churches and, and they preached to thousands of people and I'm saying, hold up. Not to say that everything that they're doing is wrong, but I'm looking like that doesn't look like the church that God originally created and intended. Are you with me? And so I wanted to stay away, but God said, you can't change it if you're not in it. You can't change it from the outside. You got to be in it to be involved.
to help restructure, to help reshape, to help people to rethink and reimagine and reestablish and represent the church as God originally intended it. So now I identify what the church was. When I identified what the church was, I said, I'm a part of the church. I'm a part of the body. If Jesus is the head and we are the body, the body goes where the head tells it to go. The body follows the head. The head is in control. So it's not enough for the body just to believe. But that was the part that I got, but I didn't get all of it. So I came to the conclusion that church wasn't the building. I came to the conclusion that church wasn't the gathering or the experience that we had. We are the church, the body of Christ. But here's the thing. To get into the body, you have to become a believer. Because the body is made up of believers. Those who believe in Christ Jesus. Those who believe in God. Are y'all with me? So now, that's not the end of it. That's just the beginning of it. The body is made up of believers who follow him. So that's what the body is. So what happens is a body that sits stationary at a just or just gathers together and sits is just a body who believes. I believe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I believe I'm a part of the body. I believe in fellowship. I believe in worship. I believe in giving. I believe but I believe in serving. But all of those things, absent of action and following, is just religion. It's just tradition. And so as the church progressed from being a relational and spiritual driven entity, it came over in, well, it, it, it transitioned into a more religious and political entity to where now you have a whole structure of church leadership or hierarchy in the church that begins to tell the church what it's supposed to do. That is more focused on money than it is on serving. Now, when I was just a, a, a sitter, and not a server, when I just, I just came, sat in the gathering, I didn't see what was going on behind the curtains. But when God called me to be a pastor, at the more I rubbed elbows and associated myself with more and more pastors and bishops, and, and I began to see that these guys were more focused on the politics and the religion of the church than they were on the relational aspect and the spiritual part. I'm looking and I'm saying, okay, I, I, I don't see this in the word of God. So I got to a point where I started pulling myself, pulling myself away from preachers and pastors because I don't want to be associated with that. And I look like the outcast. I look like the black sheep because I'm not going along with everything that they are going along with. Because watch this, I'm not after man. I'm not after religion. I'm not after tradition. I'm after God. So here I am, I'm, I'm a believer, and I'm following God, and I'm like, I'm seeing where people are stuck in just the place of believing, but not following. And that's how we make the distinction. And in that, I begin to see myself. So if I'm a part of the body, and I'm just believing, 
but I'm not following God, then I'm missing a part of it. And I'm going to show you how this happens. Any questions? Any comments? All right, I want to show you some statistics, then we're going to jump back into the word here. So the U.S. church membership and attendance is down sharply in the past two decades. Half of Americans are church members down from 70% in 1999. Most of the decline attributable to increase in percentage with no religion. We're going to deal with that a little bit today if we can, if we have time. Membership has fallen nine points among those who are religious. Now, if you focus in on most of the decline is attributed to the increase in percentage with no religion. Most people would think that's a bad thing. But by not having religion, that simply means that people, and then the, the decline in church attendance, people are leaving church. Not the body of Christ, but they're leaving the church build, building ministry gatherings. People are leaving. And they're leaving them in pursuit of God because the gathering is not looking like, feeling like, or giving them what God intended for them to get. Now that's not every, that's not every, let me, let me put a disclaimer there, that's not everybody. That's why Pastor Reggie and I, we talk so much about where we are, where we're going, in regards to what God is saying about the church and where we need to be. And these are the type of messages, the type of conversations that ministries have to start having in order to shift with God or they'll be left behind doing things in an old religious, uh, outdated, antiquated, irrelevant way. And they'll be thinking that they're serving God's purpose and they're just stuck in an old place and time where God no longer exists or operates in. Let's go to the next slide. So Gallup is one of the most prestigious statistical data gatherers. So it's a, a, they do polls and they do statistics on everything. But this is one that they, all of this, these statistics come from them and their uh, research on the church. Gallup finds a percentage of Americans who report belonging to a church or synagogue or mosque at an all-time low averaging 50% in 2018. So it's, it's declined because what is happening, I'm going to show you that as the, as, as, as more of the newer generations come in, the older mindset begins to filter out. And only those older, most of the older people with the older mindsets are, are, are the only ones that are staying in regular faithful attendance because they are committed to the gathering and they're not following God. Go ahead. Right, right. What Satan was telling them. Right. They stopped at when they 
when they went to the high pinnacle. Mm. And when they went to the high pinnacle, he he raised his hands out. He said, I will give you all these things. You know, all these, if you bow down and worship, well, you bow down and worship, Amen. worship what? Worship a mega church. That's yeah. The things that he was talking about. That's what Jesus was, that's yeah. what the devil was trying to give Jesus. So he tried to alter and stop. Come on now. The church from forming. In that passage right there, yeah, ministers are like you're saying, preachers today they're not seeing that. That's right. They're they're trying to be stopped. You know? And so what happens to the people? Well, that's right. People, they're stuck. Yeah. They're stuck because the pastor or the preacher or the bishop is not giving them the whole word. Yeah. See, if you preach or teach a message like this, the enemy is going to first say, "Hey, man." You're going to make people think that they don't have to come to church. They don't. I come to the gathering because I want fellowship with the people of God. I come to the gathering because I want the worship experience that we had this morning. Do you see what I'm saying? But it's not required that my salvation is predicated upon me attending a church service. So now, I don't have to go every Sunday. If I miss a Sunday, ain't nobody calling me saying, hey, you know, you missed church today. I'm just calling to see if you're all right. Why wouldn't I be all right? Mm. Now, this is the preacher. Well, you know, because you missed service. And? Well, you know, if you're not getting that word, I got a Bible here at home. If I, I can turn on the TV and find somebody who preach. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the responsibility has been attached to a man to provide me with my spiritual substance. That's why they have that, there you go. We might get it today. But watch this to the man of God's point. Flesh and blood, you know, I reveal that to you, but our Father which is in heaven. So, when the devil came to tempt Jesus, if you read the scriptures, he's giving him word, but he's giving him some of it. And not all of it. Remember I told you that we are, the body of Christ are those who believe and follow. So if you believe, he, he's okay with that. To a certain extent, he'd rather you not. But if you just believe, he's okay with you being a sitter and not a servant. Because in just sitting and not serving, or in just believing and not following, you got half of it, but you ain't got all of it. So therefore, the church, again, its mission, its ministry is compromised, because it's not being fulfilled the way that God wants it to. And that only comes through service. That only comes through following. So here it is. When he met Adam, and, when he met Eve in the garden, he gave her half of the word. He never gives you the whole word, and he gives it out of context. Now, you got to hear me, because this is where your spiritual responsibility comes in. You've got to read the word for yourself. You've got to ask God for understanding for yourself. You've got to learn how to get in relationship with God in his word so that he can begin to reveal some things through you through his word and through prayer so that when preachers preach have truths and preach the word out of context, you're spiritual enough to know that ain't right. Eve was deceived. He gave the word, half word, out of context. Jesus was not deceived. The enemy gave Jesus half word and out of context. 
So this is why it's important to not just believe, but to follow. So because if you just believe and you're sitting, you're going to miss something. Remember Abraham? God told him to sacrifice his son. Abraham was obedient. And guess what? He followed that word. The word that he was following was go to the mountain, take your son, and sacrifice him there. God never intended for a son to be sacrificed. But in order to get him to that place, he had to give him a word to get him there. Are y'all with me? Yeah. If he would have just believed and said, I believe you, Lord, that's what I need to do, and just stay, nothing would happen. Because as he's following God, he's connecting the dots. He gets to the place where God told him to get to, and God gives him another word. Now, that other word was on top of the mountain. He gave him one word here so that he would move. And so it isn't, I got to follow God. I've got to follow his word until I get to the next place to where he releases the next word. So when he got to the mountain with his son, an angel spoke from heaven and said, hold on, don't slay your son. There's a ram in the bush. Sacrifice the ram. Come on, y'all got to see that. So what happens is that we're stuck over here with an outdated word. Oh, antiquated religion. And God is progressively moving. Then we as the body have to get out of just believing. And we've got to get into following God. And so the statistics go on and say the decline in church membership is consistent with larger societal trends and decline in church attendance and increasing proportion of Americans with no religious preference. You know, when I first came to this thing, I was associated, affiliated myself with Baptists. Then when I was called to, to, to ministry, and, I, and God had me to start my own ministry, I wasn't, I, was a, I wasn't affiliated with any particular religion, I, at least I thought. And I said, I'm going to go with non-denomination. But non-denomination is a religion. Because you got people who don't want to be associated with all of the other religions, so they just pull over here, create another religion called non-denomination. So I'm growing, but watch this. I came out of the Baptist affiliation. I'm, I'm progressing because I'm over here in non-denomination, even though it's still a religion, it's not associated with all that other stuff. And now I gotta get out here to a place where there is no identity with religion affiliation. And that's scary. Because now people start looking at you and say, okay, well, you gotta be a part of something, I am. I'm a part of the body. And the only religion I have is love, which values every life as equal. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? That 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 serves, that gives. That that's my religion. My religion is Jesus Christ. My religion is God. Amen. Now, now you, I, I think you had something you wanted to say, or no? Because that's what people do. They come and get sick. They come and, and that's get fine. That, but you're following. You're, you're on following. your way. 
But then as you have the relationship with God, God will let you know it's time to do more. That's it. Because they say That's you it. grow, you go from babies just like kids, you go from baby right. stage That's to right. toddler to teenager to adulthood. That's right. The same thing with your relationship with God. He'll That's start it. you off as a setup. But then you should be progressing to be a servant. Sir, that's and it. You should always be growing because he got purpose for us. And that's things right. people he want us to do and talk to and meet. And um, I thank you for saying non-denomination because we do step away from that because I step away from religion. And it was up. Yeah. Freedom. That's right. Yeah. When you step away from religion. Yeah, it is. That's it. <laughs> it's freedom. Freedom and liberty when God sets you yeah. free, you free indeed. Because religion have you stuck like, you got to be this way, you got to do this. Have you trapped. And nothing's never good enough. They always find something right. like, you got to dress this way, you got to do this. That's right. You can't talk like that. That's right. But when you're free in God, he knows your heart. That's right. Amen. Amen. You know, you said something interesting about the man. When the man falls, and Jesus said, if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. Those are the believers. But the followers will bounce back. And that's why you see, you know, like when, I don't have to call a name, but we've seen several pastors on small scales and larger scales that when they failed, you saw the, the decline and the people pulling away. But see, when that happens and you're a follower, then it, it doesn't affect you the same way it affects other people because you were never looking at the man at, as elevated as God. He was just the mouthpiece. He was just the one chosen to speak the word. But he, he's not God. And so the, the religious preference, see, with no religious preference, the people think that, that there's a falling away going on right now from the church. People are actually like not coming to the gathering because pastors and preachers refuse to, to teach this revelation, to talk about this so that we can get the church reestablished to what it was originally intended to be. But it says people are no longer subscribe to a religion and more to their faith. And that's what God started with faith. It took faith for them to follow him. It takes faith to believe, but it takes more faith to follow. I can believe that something is going to happen, but me stepping out in action and following what I'm believing to make it happen, then that's the part that God is looking for. All right, I think we have one more slide. All right. Even those who identify with a particular religion are less likely to belong to a church or other place of worship than in the past. Older Americans are far more likely than young adults to be members of churches. There we go, because generally that older age group are from that generation in time. And, and, and let me throw this in there. They're from a time where... The slavery, uh, the slavery conditioning religious mentality has not washed out of them. And what I mean by that is there was a time when in slavery where the oppressors preached the word to them. Remember, we've got a, a, a running theme here from our brother. Out of context, half of the word. So they would preach the parts about servants being submissive. They preached the parts about having blind faith, being as a child, to solidify or justify slavery. 
but they're using the word of God to justify. So even after the slaves were free, their perception of God as master was the same as the slave master. So in my mind, I don't question God. I just blindly follow whatever the preacher says. And the preacher doesn't have revelation on his own. He has the revelation that the slave master taught him about the Bible. And so we're still, in a sense, that was passed down through tradition to, to indoctrinate us with believing that now I can't question God. Because I, I couldn't question, the slave couldn't question the slave man. So y'all with me? I'm conditioned to believe that I have to blindly follow whatever religion tells me to do because I was conditioned as a slave to blindly follow whatever the master told me to do. Not even that. Now I'm in fear of God, not with reverential fear, but like fear, real fear. And we're not supposed to fear God like we fear you know, like children feel the devil. Oh, I'm afraid. No, the fear is reverential fear. I reverence God. I honor him. So that's why I'm concerned about doing wrong. But with the slave master, that fear was not reverential fear. It was, I'm afraid fear. And so we have a people who are afraid of God for no reason. God ain't going to come down here and strike you down, contrary to what we've been told in times past. God's not looking to get you. God is not looking to punish you. God is looking to reward you. God is looking to give you a, a hope and a future and an expected end. Do you see what I'm saying? And so now what happens is anytime we do something that we, it, man, this thing is so deep. Because now our convictions are rooted in improper doctrine. So I'm afraid to do something, not because it's wrong in the eyes of God, but because I was taught by a religion and a tradition that the way to subdue me into staying faithful to their church, they got to give me do's and don'ts that don't line up with the word. And even if it does line up with the word, they're telling me not to do it, but they are doing it. you ain't going to hear this word preached in most church, church ministry. Millennials. Just 42% of millennials are members of churches on average. That's less than half. Not only are millennials less likely than old Americans to identify with the religion, but millennials who are religious are significantly less likely to belong to a church. That's good, isn't it? Because it helps us to identify, we see the gap. That the older generation are, are, are getting stuck in what they've always been doing. And there's a newer generation that is saying, that doesn't look like something I want to be a part of. That doesn't really look like God. I hear the people talking. They talk God, but it doesn't look like him. And I don't want to be associated with that religious stuff. I want to be associated with the God stuff. So if I can take a few minutes, I'm going to really fast forward here and give us a time, kind of a timeline and a brief synopsis of how we got from what God originally intended to where we are now. Y'all got time? Amen. All right. So the, 
The Old Testament church began when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. That was when the church began because that was God's people. He called them out of Egypt, out of bondage, and he said, follow me to the promised land. So two things had to happen. They had to believe that God was speaking to them and they had to follow God. And they had to follow him with the faith that he was going to take them to a destination, a promised place. Now, when he called them out of Egypt and the people began to follow Moses, while they were in the wilderness, they were called the church in the wilderness. That's over in Acts. Uh, it, it, they, they refer to them as the church in the wilderness. So as they were traveling, God said, I need to have a place where I can meet with you guys. So I want you to build this mobile tabernacle, which was called the tent of meeting. And, he, and when they built it, he gave them the pattern to build it. And he, he built it so that it could move, not so that it could sit there because they were following him. So it couldn't remain in one place because if they built it and left it stationary, that means while they was following God, they'd have to come all the way back from where they were. You're simply going backwards. They're going backwards. To come to the place that he wants to meet with them, and then they have to leave there again to keep following him. Doesn't that like a picture of the church today? I'm supposed to be following God, but Religion has me stuck in the stationary meeting place. So I think I gotta always come back here. And now I'm starting all the way back over. And that's why you got a group of people who believe and not following God, because if you just believe him, you gotta come back every Sunday and say, oh, gotta get my word to make it through this week. Get as far as I can through the week, and I come back. You see what I'm saying? And that's religion. I'm just going back and forth. I'm not, I'm not making no progress. I ain't going nowhere, but I'm just going back and forth. I go to church on Sunday. I go to work, live my little life at home. I may go out, then I come back. Nothing changes. It's just the same routine, and that's what religious is. It's a repetitive religious routine that I'm stuck in where I'm always going to hear a man tell me what God said. But if I follow the cloud and the pillar of fire, I'm still, there's still a man that is called. To give, to give me insight, spiritual information. But if the man is taken away, the cloud remains. Right. If Moses is taken away, if Joshua is taken away, that's still a cloud. That's still a pillar of fire. See, because while they were in the wilderness, he said, I'm taking you to the promised land. We're going to follow the cloud by day or follow the pillar of fire by night. Because the cloud gave them covering and the fire gave them light at night. Covering by day, light at night. That's just a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit. That when things get too hot, he'll cover you. That when things get too dark, he'll brighten the way. So as long as I'm following God, I know that I'm going to have what I need. Unless I get stuck. So the church is moving. But the tabernacle was made so they could break it down wherever they went. You had something? So they put, and the Ark, of the, the Ark of the Covenant had to move with it because that represented the presence of God. It was not 
the presence of God. But God had to give them something to help them be mindful of him. And so they would, the ark was a, was a box about that big, about that size. And it had rings that God told them to put in it so they could put these long staffs or staves through. And the priest would pick it up and they would carry it because it was their responsibility to carry it. And shoulders represent relationship. And so they, they were the ones who were carrying the presence of God. And in order for you to carry the presence of God, you got to be in relationship with him. Are y'all with me? So the church begins to progress. Cloud, cloud by day, pillar fire by night. Now, what happens is he told them to take their journey. And as they journey to in, wherever they stop, they set up the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. When they set up the tent of meeting and the tabernacle, that was the time that God would allow the priest to come in and he would begin to give them instructions on how to lead the people. Then they go on and the church continues and then they, we, they, the, the priests and the prophets came into to the picture. The priests, again, this, the ministry is still mobile. It's still stopping and going, stopping and going towards the promised land as a destination, as a destiny. And so they were more relational and spiritual. That's what they dealt with, the priests and the prophets. Prophets were the mouthpiece of God. The priests, they, were, uh, they did the religious sacrimonies of God, all of which were just symbolisms to what God was requiring from his people. Now, as it continues on, we see that it moved from the priests and the prophets to the judges and the kings. God never wanted a, a king to be over his people. But God gave them what they wanted. Then it was King David's idea during his reign to build a stationary temple. If you go and read 2 Samuel chapter 7, you'll find out that God told him, he said, did I ever tell anybody to build me a temple? He said, I, I purposely gave you guys the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, so that you will be mindful that this thing is mobile and how it moves. And so it continues the following. And so this is where the church became stationary and where the church stopped following God was when they built, tried to build God a house. God said, I don't dwell in no temples made by man's hand. He said, I'm preparing a place for you. But you got it back. You're trying to prepare a place for me. He said, I don't want to dwell in a, 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 a building. I want to dwell in, the, in you, my temple, in your heart. So as long as I'm in you, then you'll, be, you'll have to focus on me and not the box that church has been stuck in for all these years. So eventually the scribes and Pharisees became the leaders of the church and, and, and the, the church building was what Solomon built, David's son, because he wanted to carry on David's legacy. And God said, all right, I'll let you, I'll let you build a building. But he said, you got to understand that I, I'm, I'm not the building. You got to understand, I don't live in a building. You can't confine me to a building. And so we lost the purpose of why God originally created the tent and tabernacle of meeting. Now, as a result, we're stuck here. And I'll give you this last transition. It's too much for me to give it all to you today. But this is where we're in. God sent Jesus to realign and reestablish the church. 
because he had gotten off track. He was stationary, he was sitting, he wasn't moving. That's why when Jesus comes on the scene, what do we see him doing? Moving. He's following. He's following the Spirit, following God. He's moving as he goes to this place, he heals people. As he goes to this place, he opens the blind man's eyes. As he goes to this place, he feeds 5,000 people. As he goes to this place, um, he stops the, 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 the sea from raging and stops the storm. He goes to this place, he heals a lame man. He goes to this place, do you see what I'm saying? He's moving, he's serving, and he's in, impacting people's lives. But the church folk who was left in the old religious traditional way, they were still in their sacrificing cows, burning incense, but not impacting change in anybody's life. But they're saying, hey, y'all come in here and join us with burning incense and, uh, and sacrificing animals. God said, man, I never intended for that to even happen. Y'all got stuck because y'all were not continuing to follow me. And as a result of you guys not following me, I had to send my son Jesus, and I have to get him in the earth so that he can turn this thing in the direction that it's supposed to be going, to realign it with what I've called the church to be. And I, I thought about this. God didn't send Jesus to fix the church. Did you notice that? He didn't call them to fix it. He left them doing what they were doing. But he said, everybody who wants to roll with me and follow me. You remember when he came to his disciples said, follow me. The old church says, come join me inside the building. Jesus says, come follow me outside. Now, if you gather and you do your thing in the building, that's fine. But don't get stuck in the building. Don't focus all of your attention, all of your service, all of your energy on the building. There has to be a duality of believing and following. We come here, we get the word, we worship, we fellowship, we do all of that. But we don't leave it here. We take it with us, and as we follow Jesus, we begin to serve release purpose, establish God's kingdom. We begin to empower other lives and we begin to do or fulfill the ministry calling that God has placed inside of us. To those of you who are, I'm going to end right here. To those of you who are, have a passion, have a desire, that calling is from God in whatever area it is. I don't care what it is. Whatever it is, your gift, your talent, your calling, your whatever entrepreneur endeavors you, you the desires you have to, to uh, pursue, all of that comes from God because those are the things that he's using to pull you out, to follow him into a place, a promised land, where you can create ministry outside of the building. You may have a calling to be a philanthropist. You may have a calling to be a missionary. You may have a calling... Uh, again, to be an entrepreneur, to be a teacher, to be whatever it is that you're called to, but God wants you to follow him into that so that he can use it. And so to you, I want to tell you this. This is how you follow God. Follow your passion because it knows the way. I want to say that again. Follow your passion because it knows the way. Even when you don't know the way, when, even you don't understand what's going on, just follow what you're passionate about. And that'll lead you. It knows the way your passion knows. Because God put that in you before you were even born. That gift, that talent, that thing that you can do like nobody else can do. He put that inside of you. And you've got to follow that. Because if you don't, you're stuck again as just a believer. I believe I'm talented. 
I believe I'm called to do something. I believe that I'm supposed to do this. I believe this is my purpose. But if all you do is believe and you don't follow that passion, then it'll never lead you to that place where everything that God promised you is waiting on you. As you continue to follow, the dots connect to make the picture that God has purposed for your life. Come on, let's put our hands together and bless the name of the Lord.